Welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's July 31st, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, blank check companies, also known as SPACs, are booming this year. Two, a rundown of the COVID-19 vaccine race and its frontrunners. Three, AMC and Universal collapsed the exclusive theatrical window to just over two weeks. Shift one. Blank check companies, also known as SPACs, are booming this year. This past month has seen a frenzy of SPAC activity. SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies, or blank check companies, have been around since the 90s but are seeing a resurgence. SPACs are shell vehicles without assets or operating businesses, which fundraise through an IPO, typically at $10 per share, for yet-to-be-named acquisitions. Like a direct listing, an acquisition or merger by a publicly traded SPAC is an alternative for a private company to go public without the uncertainty and hoopla of an IPO. An investment in a SPAC is a bet on its founders, often executives late in their career. SPACs have not always performed well sometimes because they were the avenue of last resort for companies looking to go public, or due to terms favorable to founders rather than investors, or because of low interest rates and escrow accounts during the search period. However, investor protections are now stronger than before. If a SPAC does not acquire and take a private company public within the allotted period, typically two years from IPO, three years at most, investments are returned to investors. Investors can also redeem their investment early, for instance, if they don't like the deal. The current wave of SPACs are being viewed differently than the SPACs of the past. Today's SPACs have brand-name founders, such as Goldman Sachs and wireless pioneer Craig McCaw, investor-friendly deal terms, and are drawing higher-quality investors and larger IPO candidates. 2019 was a banner year for SPACs, with a record 59 IPOs raising $13.6 billion including buzzy companies such as Virgin Galactic. 2020 has continued the trend with 55 SPAC IPOs raising over $22 billion so far, already passing the 2019 record. The market may be on pace for as many as 100-plus SPACs this year. SPACs are luring hot companies in sectors such as online sports betting and gaming, for example, DraftKings, Rush Street Interactive, and Golden Nugget Online Gaming, and electric vehicles, for example, Nikola and Fisker. Technology-focused SPACs are also targeting large unicorns that have stayed private longer, enabled by access to capital. Sensor firm Velodyne, for instance, went public earlier this month, and Airbnb has reportedly been approached by SPACs. NASDAQ is also the preferred exchange for SPACs, winning over 75% of IPOs since 2010. Other selected SPAC activity this month include Oakland Athletics Moneyball exec Billy Bean and Redbird Capital raising $500 million for the first-ever sports-focused SPAC to acquire a major organization, growth equity firm Dragoneer raising $600 million for a tech-focused SPAC, the largest-ever SPAC, $4 billion, raised by billionaire Bill Ackman of Pershing Square Capital to acquire a late-stage unicorn from a list of 150 targets, and healthcare services company Multiplan going public in the largest-ever SPAC merger, $11 billion. For private companies, SPACs can be an easier way to raise funds or go public, which can be especially attractive in a period of market volatility. SPACs that come with well-known backers with their own brands and reputation 
don't necessarily need the hoopla and press generated by a traditional IPO, and also benefit from the experienced guidance of the founders. Roadshows for traditional IPOs are now virtual anyway, and market making now remote, reducing the gap between IPOs and SPACs. It's not yet clear whether SPACs are here to stay. Retail investors are being drawn to SPAC offerings from buzzy companies, or those in sectors such as cannabis or sports betting, which might otherwise be less appealing to institutional investors. However, SPACs are not getting as much regulatory scrutiny as traditional IPOs, creating risks for inexperienced investors. To read more content related to investment trends and exchanges, check out our May 8, 2020 brief, Stressed Investments in the Mega Fund, and our October 20, 2019 brief, Direct Listings, First Spotify and Slack, Now Maybe Airbnb, Shift 2, a rundown of the COVID-19 vaccine race and its frontrunners. With the world racing to create a vaccine for COVID-19, 26 vaccines, of the over 165 under development, are in human testing. A handful are emerging as leaders. Vaccine development involves the following. A, exploratory and preclinical stages. B, clinical evaluation with human subjects. Phase 1, safety and dosage testing in a small group. Phase 2, expanded safety trials with hundreds of people. Phase 3, efficacy trials with thousands of people. C, regulatory review and approval, which require proven effectiveness in at least 50% of individuals. And D, manufacturing. The most promising vaccines are currently in the later stage clinical trials. Some in combined phases phase 1, phase 2, or phase 2, phase 3, to accelerate development. Of the 26 vaccines in human testing, there are 5 vaccines in phase 3, including combined phase 2, phase 3. 1. Moderna's messenger RNA vaccine with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases of the U.S. 2. BioNTech of Germany's messenger RNA vaccine with commercialization partners Pfizer of the U.S., and Fosun Pharma of China. 3. University of Oxford's adenovirus-based vaccine with commercialization partner AstraZeneca of the UK. And 4 through 5, inactivated vaccines from Chinese players Sinovac and Sinopharm. Moderna of the US just kicked off Phase 3, which will test 30,000 humans across 89 US sites, backed by $955 million in government funding. Data will not be available until November or December. Assuming it is successful and approved, Moderna expects to be able to deliver at least 500 million doses per year and up to 1 billion starting in 2021 at $50 to $60 per two-dose course. The BioNTech and Pfizer collaboration, which has four candidates under development, just announced it was taking one vaccine into Phase 2, Phase 3 and targeting 30,000 individuals at 120 sites around the world. Separately, Fosun Pharma has licensed it from BioNTech and is developing it for China. Pfizer may seek regulatory authorization in the U.S. as early as October 2020, and BioNTech says the vaccine could be ready for approval as early as December 2020. Manufacturing may start even before approval, targeting over 1 billion doses by the end of 2021. In the U.S., the government has reached a $2 billion deal for 100 million doses at $39 per two-dose course, which Americans would receive for free. 
The University of Oxford and AstraZeneca collaboration are in late-stage Phase 2, Phase 3 testing in the UK, Brazil, and South Africa, and about to start in the U.S. Early-stage results have shown promising responses in over 90% of participants. The first emergency doses may be delivered as early as September 2020. AstraZeneca is targeting over 2 billion doses and plans to sell the vaccine at cost. The U.S. government has secured 300 million doses for $1.2 billion, at $4 per dose, of course maybe one or two doses. In China, Sinovac just launched its inactivated strain vaccine into Phase 3 in Brazil, which could take as little as three months. It is building a manufacturing facility with capacity for up to 100 million doses per year. Sinopharm also this month began a Phase 3 trial of an inactivated vaccine in Abu Dhabi, with up to 15,000 participants. Other promising activity includes Johnson & Johnson's vaccine potentially reaching Phase 3 in September 2020, Novavax expected to reach Phase 3 in the fall of 2020, CanSino looking to start Phase 3 soon in Russia, Brazil, Chile, and Saudi Arabia, and late-stage trials underway in Russia, with mass production as soon as October 2020. Development is just the first step. Production and distribution are next. Organizations are investing in the supply chain, such as materials, warehousing, and transportation to ensure vaccines arrive at hospitals, pharmacies, and schools. Governments are also getting involved. In the U.S., the government has allocated $10 billion to Project Warp Speed to distribute 300 million doses by January 2021, with the potential for another $25 billion. To read more content related to government action in the COVID-19 pandemic, check out our April 15, 2020 brief, Geolocation Tracking in the Expansion of Government Surveillance, and our March 18, 2020 brief, Looking Beyond, 11 ways in which COVID-19 might be an inflection point. Shift 3. AMC and Universal collapsed the exclusive theatrical window to just over two weeks. This week, AMC Theaters, the largest global cinema chain, and Universal Pictures announced a landmark agreement to shorten the time during which cinemas would have exclusive access to Universal films before they become available online from 75 days to 17 days, or three weekends. The announcement establishes a truce between the two companies. In April 2020, NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell had announced plans to release movies in both theaters and on streaming platforms, based on the streaming success of the Trolls World Tour movie during the pandemic, which yielded over $100 million in revenue for the studio with higher margins. Shell's comments prompted AMC to announce it would no longer show Universal Films in any of its theaters worldwide. Under the new deal, AMC will get a share of, quote, premium video on demand, end quote, revenue from new Universal movies purchased during their first few weeks on platforms such as Apple TV and Amazon. Universal movies may also be released on AMC's own streaming platform, AMC Theaters On Demand. For AMC, any source of income will be welcome as its theaters have been largely closed since mid-March, generating virtually no revenue. The company was on the brink of bankruptcy before raising a $500 million debt offering in April 2020 and securing an additional $300 million in financing this month. AMC hopes to reopen by mid-August and will require customers to wear masks. While we have seen some studios debut top-shelf productions, for example, Hamilton on Disney+, on streaming platforms, 
movie theaters have been and will likely continue to be central to studio profits. This is especially true when it comes to tentpole films that can generate over $1 million in ticket sales. A hit movie might generate half or more of its box office gross during the first few weeks of a theatrical run. High-budget movies that cost over $100 million to make are unlikely to be very profitable through streaming platforms alone. This is a key reason why studios have been pushing back anticipated films, such as Tenet, in hopes of being able to open them in theaters. Eligibility for awards is another factor, which impacts a studio's ability to maintain prestige and attract star talent. Whether the shortened exclusivity window will change the psychology of moviegoers remains to be seen. Some may prefer to wait the two weeks and watch from the comfort of their home, particularly family movies. Theaters will have to invest in the experience of going out to the movies, such as in-theater food and drinks, digital services, technology upgrades, live audience interactions, and unique events. In the short term, this will also mean redesigning operations to be pandemic-friendly, for example, partitions and distancing. We can also expect new business models to emerge, such as bundled offers, partnerships among streaming platforms, studios, and theaters on promotions, advertising, and measurement, and more integrated and social offline-online watching. To read more content related to shifts in the theatrical release business and streaming video, check out our May 15th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Video Streaming and Big Tech Shake Up the Business of Theatrical Releases, and our October 24th, 2019 edition, Disney Plus in the Age of Streaming Video Wars. That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. If you'd like to read more Six Pages content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on what's actually new about low-code and no-code software development. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts edition. Three Shifts edition.